Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us has a green card, the other's Casey. Hey. So Did you, you got that? Yeah, so you've got a green card. What does that mean? I mean, walk us through the process, because I saw the Lord and Savior Kate's post, and she said, after many years of trying, Tom is officially a green card holder. So out of all those years, what were kind of things and hoops did you have to jump through to get your green card? All right, so uh, since moving here in 2012, I think I've had about 10 different visas. Like, I've had a lot of different visas because the United States of America has a very strict immigration policy. Uh, And without going to too dark at times, uh, really ever since 9-11. Like, 9-11 hit, and the country kind of froze, and then immigration, as well as other things, right, uh, altered uh for the better i'd say for the better sure whatever anyway so since i've been here i've had like 10 different visas it's been pretty tricky um but when we got married uh, essentially that was the start of the green card process so that was like over two years ago so it's been a long time coming um and you have to go get so you have to fill out a ton of paperwork and then a lot of it's just a waiting game you know and and you just don't know how long you're gonna have to wait for and so uh, what ended up happening was in March, so the interview that Kate, my wife, posted about yesterday, that's, the fi- that's essentially the final step. So they're going to send me a green card in the mail, uh, which means that I'm a permanent resident, which essentially means that, like, I could, and it's a 10-year thing, right? So I can leave the country, come back in at will, um, and, and I don't have to worry about it. Other, other visas are like a one or a two. Or, you know, when I was a student, it was a four-year deal. But this is a 10-year thing. So this is a pretty big deal. And so, um, but once I got married, I couldn't leave the country. I was handcuffed. I was stranded. I was, on, I was on an island. It was called the Great United States of America. And I couldn't leave because I couldn't, I couldn't come back in. I didn't have a visa to come back in. Well, so, let me ask you this. Uh, anyhow, have, you, have you ever seen the show 90 Day Fiance? Yeah. Okay. So, it, so. Just by marrying the Lord and Savior, Kate, that doesn't give you the right to come and go? I mean, isn't that essentially, you know, your hall pass? I mean, give you the the okay to come and go whenever you want? Well, so the the interview yesterday was essentially an interview uh, where, uh, like, Kate and I had to prove that we were married and we had been in a relationship for X amount of years. And this is where we met. And these are her uh, parents names and she has to say my parents names and you know like like we have to go into detail and explain why we're in a relationship you know wow uh, so were, were you guys in two different rooms was it like so you, no asking- so i don't want this to come across poorly uh but <laughs> well, I just don't know how to say this. I really yeah. don't because like, I had an immigration, I have an attorney, I have an immigration attorney and we get done and it was very simple. And he was like blown away. And I'm like, Sean, I'm like, what, what's wrong? You know, like what's going on? He's like, Tom, he's like, 
that was the easiest interview I've, I think I've ever, I've ever been a part of. And, you know, we bought little bubbles, Freddie along. And so like, we have a child, like, yeah, this yeah a little show and tell. This is serious. Yeah. yeah. I'm really committed yeah. to this. But the guy that was interviewing us, essentially my, my immigration attorney was saying that like, he's, um, he's notorious for, uh, you know, kind of interrogating couples and he'll like split them up, like you said, and, um, and like go into great detail and, and none of that happened with us. So I look, I think, I think bubbles had something to do with it. I hope. Uh huh. Um, and I think, you know, being from, I, I, I will say, I do think being from Australia helps, um, just because it's kind of a, it, like a first world country and we're allies with the United States. And uh, to be fair, I, I still think Australia is a, a much more beautiful country than the United States. Okay. Uh, and I'd be happy to go back. Um, so anyway, it was, it was, yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, so the, so the next step case, you'll, you'll be excited to hear this. The next step is in about two and a half years, I'm going to apply for dual citizenship. Ooh. Yeah. Does that mean you get the right to vote? I think so. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that does every day you're going to run to the mailbox and hopefully there's going to be a little green card. Now I got to ask this question because I'm curious is it in fact a green card. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. Like you didn't ask that. You, you, I mean, is it, is it something that you have to carry around with you? Like your social security card, you're going to put it in the safe. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what it is. Case. I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what we do from here. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is quite funny though. So before I went into the interview, I have to say this. Um, I had to get a, I had to get a medical, I had to get a physical, you know, I had to get a like check. Like a turn and cough. What I'm trying to say. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I guess kind of, but like, um, you know, they check your, your blood pressure and, and just go through like the basics, but I had to get some blood work done. Uh, I had to, ha- I had to be checked for gonorrhea. <laughs> this will tell you, how do you check for gonorrhea? Like if I knew right. how to check for gonorrhea, that means I probably had gonorrhea. Since I don't know how you check for gonorrhea, how do you check I, I, for gonorrhea? I, I, well, I think it's just blood work and then the blood work comes back and if there's like, you know, they look for certain um, things and, and if they find those things, then they do x-rays. They do x-rays. But I am gonorrhea free. I, I, I do not have gonorrhea. Yeah, I've never had it. And I am good, baby. So that is a blessing. Hey, can I just also add? I want to just say, we can now officially say the Dadtastic podcast is 100% gonorrhea free. 50%. Yep. We no, don't know about you, you dirtbag. You're a dirty man. I didn't even know how you did. No, I, I swear I'm gonorrhea free. I promise you. You have not, you have not been checked, Casey. I, I, why would I? You just might say, have it. You might not. You might. Just say that we're 100% gonorrhea free. All right. We're 50% gonorrhea free. Now, what I was going <laughs> to say was, what's interesting, uh, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but... Um, in the United States over the last uh, like 20 years, uh, I don't think it, I, I don't think I'm going out of my way to uh, when I say that like mental health has, has become, you know, ra- a rather apparent issue. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I know I can tell you right now from the other podcast I do project recovery, hundred, hundred uh, percent. Uh, the numbers are up on mental health right now. I mean, it's becoming more of a, I hate to say the word, but a, a pandemic, an epidemic. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, um, 
I guess we haven't really heard of many during the pandemic. There was one down in Arizona, but but pr- previously, like the the mass shootings that occur. I mean, like honestly, before the pandemic, it was almost like it was on a weekly basis. There were a handful of them every week, and um, what, what what I thought was interesting, you know, when I, when I was going through this whole process, this ordeal, you know, they checked if I had gonorrhea for crying out loud, another. Out of blood work that I don't even know what they were testing for, you know, age, whatever. It's just like, what does this guy have that he's bringing into the country? It's the same. But there was nothing on mental health case, nothing. Hmm. And I found that fascinating. I thought to myself, um, you know, I'm going, I'm going through, you know, these extra measures to make sure that I don't have anything physically that I can bring in and harm people. But like mentally, there was not a single question asked um as to how i was how how my mental state was there was no tests that i had to go through to try and depict kind of what sort of personality human i am am i a threat to society uh mentally you know and um and i don't know who we call maybe we call uh president-elect joe biden but uh we give someone a bell over there in, in dc and we say hey you ought to you ought to maybe consider implementing something to make sure that uh, these immigrants that are coming coming into the country are okay mentally you know what i mean you know i i mean to put a serious note on a on a funny podcast i think that is something that really does need to be addressed because i mean i think that's what we're dealing with right now in society is if you break your arm you go to the doctor you know and they fix it up if you get diagnosed with cancer you go see a cancer specialist but still there's so many people that are suffering in silence out there that either because of the stigma don't know where to turn or the lack of resources don't know what to do about their mental well-being and so i you know i think that that is something, you know, if we worked for a company that could probably dig into that, I mean, what we do, but you should call KSL and, and have them look into it. You know, KSL I mean? investigates. Yeah. I mean, because I think that is a real important, uh, you know, something that you, you stumbled upon is that they don't do that. And, and but me being just a guy who tells fart jokes for a living, I don't know what the actual testing would look like, but I'm pretty sure there's some smart guys out there that there's got to be some sort of test that you can put people through and kind of get a baseline of how their mental health is doing. Yeah, no, I, I will uh, reach out to uh, get, get part, get, 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 get part. And uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. But um, anyway, that was kind of my takeaway, but yeah, I'm here now. I'm here to stay. And uh, there's no getting rid of me. Uh, Kate, my lovely, uh, our Lord and savior, my Lord and savior, I should say, Kate, uh, when we got done, uh, my immigration attorney was uh, congratulating us, you know, well done you two. And, Kate goes, uh, <clears throat> so if, if I divorce him, <laughs> is he allowed in, to stay in the country or does he have to go home? And uh, Sean goes, no, no, he can, he can stay. Oh. And you should have seen the look on Kate's face, man. She was heartbroken. She's like, man, if I'm divorcing this guy, I would love for him to go halfway across the world. But because, uh, yeah, she, she had that carrot on the stick. She was dangling that in front of you. If every fight broke down, she goes, really? You want to move back home? Because I can make that happen. Yeah. But you can't. So we got into a, we got into a very mis- minor, you know, minuscule um, argument. I can't even remember what it was over. But the night before the interview, um, you know, it was one of those arguments. It was like, you know, uh, did you put the milk away? No, you, I asked you to. No, you, you were the one that had the milk last. Like, you know, one of those stupid things. But uh, we were, we were going back and forth and she goes, um, if you want me to do that, whatever the fight was over, um, 
No, she said, she said, if you want me to come to the appointment, the interview appointment tomorrow, then you better do that. She was a blackmailing me, Casey. <laughs> like my livelihood depended on this interview and she's blackmailing me over something so, so, so did small. you do it? Did you do it? Yes, you better believe I did it. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay, well, let's end uh, the, the green card conversation on a high note. How does one celebrate... Because uh, I know you're a foodie and you like to cook good food. How did you guys celebrate the victory of getting your green card yesterday? Well, it's tricky uh, because it was a Monday. Yesterday was a Monday. And, um, and, and normally Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we don't indulge in any alcoholic beverages. We kind of try and, try and stay away from them. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we may have a, have a few glasses. But um, the, the red wine did come out and we did have a few glasses of red. Uh, I actually made, Hey, this is pretty, this is interesting. I want to know if you've done this before. So I just kind of made up this recipe, right? I got two chicken breasts, one for Kate, one for myself. I cut them open. I put a fair bit of cheese in the middle of them. And then what I fold them. Cheese? Uh, gr- Gruyere, Gruyere. I, 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 soft I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. But, um, I wish I had like a slice of ham because I would have thrown that in there too, but I didn't. Anyway, it's cheese. And then on top, I put, um, I actually put Greek yogurt on top and then put some panko breadcrumbs on top mm-hmm. of that to crisp it up. And I baked it uh, with some veggies, Brussels sprouts, carrots, and potatoes. Um, and I was quite nervous because I, I'd never put Greek yogurt on top of a raw chicken into an oven before. Uh, but it actually, look, it, it, Food tip of the week, because we haven't done one in months. It was actually uh, quite pleasant. It was, quite, it was really quite nice. Oh, I, you know, I've never done that. It sounds like what we call him here in America, a chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if you were to put the ham in there, that's what essentially it would have been. Yeah, we call them Kievs back home. Oh, okay. Well, yep. and tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. I get that. Um, so that sounds like a pretty good dinner, uh, you know. Yeah. It was Monday though. Like Mondays are always tricky. Uh, do you do you like Monday's case? Ah, uh, you know, I, I, right now during the pandemic, every day feels like a Monday. Hmm. You know, I I don't mind Mondays. Now here's the thing: when I was a partier, whew, Monday sucked. Yeah, because you know, coming off of a long weekend of just tearing it up, Mondays were the longest day ever. But where I'm sober now, um, Monday just feels like any other day. I've already been to the gym this morning. Uh, I'm going to go play a little golf later on. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's a pretty good day. I am pretty excited, and I'm, I'm going to show you why. Oh, wow. What's going on? Oh, it's my favorite time of the year. That's a Canada Dry uh, ginger ale, but it's, it's a cranberry ginger ale. Oh, man. I mean, this is good for the girls if they got UTIs, but it's great for the guys anytime. I mean, this is just you're probably one of the most refreshing beverages around. Hold on. I've never had, I've never had any of that. So when I got my hip replaced, so I have a hip replacement because I thought jumping at the age of 36 was a good idea on skis. Just to let you know, probably not the best idea. So I got a hip replacement. And when I was in the hospital, they give you those big mugs. You know, when uh, the Lauren Shaver Kate gave birth to bubbles, they gave them those big mugs. Those, yep. but those the are great. Straw, the straw. Oh, oh man, those are good mugs with the, like the bendy straw and stuff like uh-huh. that. And uh, one of the nurses says, Hey, you want to try something different? And I was like, yeah, I do. Shows a little Sprite, a little cranberry, and a little ginger ale will make you feel just so good. And I went, I'm in. And so I spent five days in the hospital, and I probably powered three or four of those big mugs of that stuff a day. 
And so when I found out this was coming in a bottle like this, I was like, I'm in. This is the best stuff ever. It's an acquired taste. I tried to get the lovely Leslie to try it. And uh, we bought a 12-pack last year during the holiday season. It stayed there until about July. So, so wait, she wouldn't, she wouldn't even try it? No. She, well, she tried it, but she was not a big fan of it. And so, um, but me, I love it. My kids, they love it. You know, there's nothing better for you than uh, when you got a bad tummy or an upset tummy, a little mm. ginger ale. It's really good. Yeah, my mom used to uh, feed us Sprite when we weren't feeling 100%. Yeah. And I don't, I, and my son will say he just likes the bubbles and the fizz. He likes it because it tickles the back of his throat. And I think yes. that's what it is about Sprite, but I, I'm not really sure. So uh, let me ask you this uh, because right around the corner is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you guys do Thanksgiving in Australia? No. Um, to educate you Americans. Uh, uh-huh. When you say that, it sounds really degrading. Yeah, well, this it is. It this is degrading. Um, America's the only one that celebrates Thanksgiving. The rest of the world doesn't do Thanksgiving, guys. Well, I'm gonna have to call you. Is, I'm gonna call your bluff on that one because I'm pretty sure Canada just celebrated their Thanksgiving. Canada okay. does a version of Thanksgiving. Sure. I, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, yeah, I, Canada and North America, well, Canada and America, I should say, are uh, essentially very similar countries in, in that regard. So I do apologize. Canada celebrates Thanksgiving. The rest of the world does not, though. Uh, like Europe doesn't, uh, Asia certainly doesn't, and Australia and Africa, they, they do not. So uh, it is an American-based holiday. More so, I will say more so than like Halloween case, like Halloween's more widely celebrated than Thanksgiving, but I like Thanksgiving. I do like Thanksgiving, but I, I have an issue with Thanksgiving. I think I brought it up uh, the other week. Uh, like turkey's cool. cool. I, I, I don't hate turkeys, but like by no means is turkey like the best meat available. Um, but we all eat turkeys on Thanksgiving. And, you know, in the, the, the very first documented Thanksgiving dinner, there was nothing that suggested a turkey was eaten. So I don't know who the um, expletive was that decided that we're just going to all eat turkeys. Uh, but I would like to have a word with that, with that person. So last week on the podcast, I talked about my dad and uh, what he'd do for Christmas with just the one Christmas bulb. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. So about 10 years ago, maybe longer, uh, he got into this thing, and it's called a turduncan. Do you know what a turduncan is? Nope. Google it. It's a real thing, and you can get them ordered. A turduncan basically is, hear me out, you take a duck. Love duck. shove it inside the turkey. And wow. you cook them both at the same time. And then when you go to carve the turduncan, what you have on your plate is a little turkey and a little duck. And they, they, do, they do some other animals that they do this with, but they're escaping my mind right now. But a turduncan is really a thing. And you can order them. And maybe you should try a turduncan this Thanksgiving. I, I love duck. Like, in fact, one of my favorite meals ever is Peking duck which is a Chinese dish. Um, and it is delightful, I tell you. But um, uh, Kate, Kate would not approve. She's, um, she's not a duck eater. 
No, I, I, I can just tell you now, Case. So where do you, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving, and is there a food that you can pass on? Because I'm not a fan of yams or cranberry, although they are a staple, and I don't know who the expletive is that uh, came up with the idea of cranberry and yams. Um, yeah. So I, I, I could pass without those. I do like a good stuffing. I like love a stuffing. I love a banana cream pie. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? I like that. I like a good gravy. I like a yeah. chunky a chunky mashed potato, you know what I mean? With some little chunks in it, you know. Um, mm. you know, um mm. Is there something that you could do without at Thanksgiving? It'd be the yams if it was anything, but I don't hate them. I eat them. They're good for you. Um but like I, 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 yeah, I like, I like, I like Thanksgiving. I don't hate it, um, but I'm just like not obsessed with turkey. I like turkey. I really do. I just not, I'm not crazy, crazy about it. Like ham, like a ham. I love, I love a double smoked ham case. Like Christmas time, the ham is by far my favorite part of the Christmas meal. Um, so let me tell you this: when 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 you're going with a ham and they're not. Uh, advertisers on this podcast because we don't have any yet we'd love to have them uh anyone that tom hasn't offended or has offended if you'd like to come on we'd love to you know support your business your local business and help to give you some love we've got eight people in australia listening and a handful in the u.s and so i mean we've got a pretty good reach <laughs> what i'm saying is honey baked ham have you had yeah. one of those yeah 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 yeah, <sighs> yeah yeah i'll tell you you know the, the key is right now is to get your order in Pick it up a day before. Uh, but, I mean, there really is nothing better than a honey-baked ham. So, I going back to Thanksgiving quickly, Case, I am going to attempt to smoke the turkey this year. I did that last year. Almost caught the house on fire. I, I know. I, I'm well aware. You have told me that many, many a time. But I am going to attempt to smoke the, the turkey. And I'm quite excited about it, to be fair. Uh, I'm going to brush the turkey with the juices that fall into the bottom of the pan, you know, quite frequently. Okay, 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 okay. okay now we've got to stop here because this is a podcast about dads and this is dad stuff. And we're supposed to be the, the king of the grill, right? Have you done research? Have you done some thorough research on the best way to do this? Because right now I'm already seeing red flags pop up everywhere, bud. Why? Why? I thought you were meant to, I, I believe they call it brining. Yeah, brining. but brining is when you actually take your turkey, submerge it in a solution, and leave it for 6, 12, 24 hours. There's salt in it that's going to open up uh, the turkey and suck the juices in, you know. Oh, the pores opens up the pores. Yeah, so brining, and we're going to have people who listen to this probably go, this guy's an idiot. He almost caught the house on fire. You should probably not listen to him. But I, I, but I am trying to, because I'm, I'm going to try to do a redemption turkey this year. Okay, uh, so you, are you going to smoke it? I, yeah, I smoked it last year. There's, there's something called, and I can't remember the exact terminology, but it's like Hitchcock or Chipcock or something like that. Mm. It's where you actually take your bird and lay it out, and you break the breastbone. So it opens it up flat. So when you get it on there, you get that, that even smoke and that even cook throughout it. Uh, so, I mean, I think you should – there's this girl. Uh, I think she's a Utah. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a pretty amazing recipe. Uh, me and the lovely Leslie, we sat down and we kind of did some research because uh, last year she did a backup turkey, which was pretty good. And mine caught fire. So a little of the skin was burned. But for the most part, mine was a better turkey. Uh, and this year, I didn't want the safety net of a backup turkey. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You know what I mean? Because I like flying without a net. Do you understand me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I wanted to all rely on me. So um, we're doing Thanksgiving at my mother's house. Um, so I'm just going to do a turkey on a random day. But I am nice. going to do a redemption turkey. Yeah. So, oh, that's exciting. <clears throat> Pardon me. I am, uh, I am doing a, a turkey. And my brother-in-law is quite an avid smoker, has been for quite some time. I believe he's perfected, or at least he claims to have perfected the art of smoking a turkey. So I'm going to get with him, Case, and then I'm going to take a few notes. Uh, uh-huh. and, um, uh, and then next week, you know, just days before Thanksgiving, right. As everybody out there is getting ready to, uh, to, to begin the smoking process, you know, cause it's like a, what, 10 hour smokers and it's, it's an all day yeah. thing. So, um, I, I will, I will update everybody with what he has to say because he claims, you know, that he has the, he has mastered and I do believe he brines it the night before. So, yeah. uh, plan on that. But uh, <laughs> if I can give you any advice. Um, and the lovely Leslie's going to like this because I normally don't do this. Um, research before and get prepared at least three days before the actual event, because last year I didn't do that. And I was at the uh, barbecue pit stop here in Layton the day before Thanksgiving with 15 to 20 other idiots who didn't prepare. And so uh, a lot of the stuff that I had was just because that's what was left. All the good stuff was gone, you know? Um, So I, you know, that, that's what I would say to you. But, um, and then I think it's important to notice the size of the bird, right? Mm. You don't want to get too big of a bird. Uh, Uh, We've got a, uh, I believe ours is a 19 pound. No. Yeah. About 15 pound bird, I think. That's pretty good. What do they say about a pound and a half per person? I, I'm not entirely sure. Do you part like part of my issue with 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 Thanksgiving and the turkey itself is that you know it 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 makes you full sleep. Yeah, it's the tryptophan. Yeah, but do you know what I? Oh, now I'm. Yeah, I mean, but I also think because there's such a buildup to Thanksgiving. I mean, you start preparing in the morning, everybody comes over, uh, you eat, and you're just worn out by the end of the day. You know, I think this year, because of the pandemic, there's kind of a national trend going on right now where people are going to forego the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, as you, if you will, uh, and they're ordering from their lo- favorite local restaurant as a way to help the local economy. And, you know, just because 2020 sucks, man, it really does. And so this is a time to try something new, um, you know, maybe support someone local and, and do some takeout and watch some football. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The football case. Oh, yeah. So good. So wait, I do want to I do want to ask though because um, you said you were going over to your mom. So so how are you? How are you? How are you? How's the Scots? How are you guys handling the uptick in COVID cases uh, that we currently find ourselves in. What do you guys do? So for the most part, my kid's school has been put on lockdown. And as Governor Herbert asked, we've been staying home for the 14 days. Um, Yeah. And not just staying home, but just staying in our kind of our pack, if you will. Not doing things uh, with big crowds. So my little brother lives with my mom. And so it'll be just them two and me and uh, lovely Leslie and then uh, my nephew. So there'll just be five of us. Nice. Uh, and we're going to go over there and, and just kind of have a low key Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and everybody's doing kind of a potluck. 
Um, my mom's going to do the turkey. My brother's going to do the turkey. My mom's going to do the potatoes. Lovely Leslie's going to do, a, uh, I think she's doing a stuffing and some yams. And then my nephew's got to do the pies. And I said, nice. well, what about me? And they said, well, you just bring the cards. And I was like, okay. Uh, I, I'm not really the one. I, I think I've told you this before, and I've told Lovely Leslie, I'm more of an idea guy. Yeah, like I, you know, you're I, not I, the executor guy. Yeah, I, yeah. Because if, if you're waiting for me to execute, uh, Thanksgiving will be in December. Uh, you know, uh, so I, I'm just going to show up and try to make a little levity, make some people laugh, play some card games. Interesting story. Um, the, the way I learned to gamble was because of Thanksgiving. Really? Uh, my mom and my dad both like to gamble. Uh, you know, they, they'd go to Vegas or Wendover, which is just adjacent to Salt Lake an hour away, but you can gamble there cause it's part of Nevada. Uh, but every Thanksgiving, my mom, after the Turkey was done and everything's done, she'd go, all right, go get your piggy banks. And so we'd all go up and get our piggy banks and she'd sit down and she'd teach us how to play 21, uh, blackjack. Mm. And, you know, which was cool because we felt like we were betting and having some fun. And it was just kind of cool for the whole family to sit around and do that. Would she be the dealer? She'd be the dealer, you know. Uh, and this is what one of the first lessons my mom taught me is that so we're getting out there and we're doing this. And, you know, I've probably got 20 bucks and change and my brother's got the same and all this stuff. And at the end of the hour and a half, my mom had everybody's money. Um, <laughs> and, and we'd worked all summer and, you know, we we're just young and we thought, well, she's going to give that money back. You know, <laughs> she's not going to take it. And uh, the game was over and she put the money in her, in her purse and walked away. And we were all sitting there like, hey, are you going to give that back? And she goes, no, that's the first lesson of gambling. And I go, what's that? And she goes, don't bet what you don't want to lose. <laughs> she just left us there. She cleaned the table. And, but it, but it, it was a good lesson. You yeah, I know. No, good lesson. But we all thought she'd go upstairs and come back down and go, here you go. Here's your money back. But no, she never did. <laughs> when I was 18, Case, I went to uh, the Crown Casino in Melbourne, which is uh, yeah, a nice little establishment. And anywho, I, I very first time I went, I, I came back uh, early, early in the morning um, with, you know, I don't know, like 500 bucks in my pocket. And, you know, I won like 500 bucks. And I was pretty excited. There's an 18-year-old, as you can imagine. Uh, and I saw my old man, my dad, the next day. And uh, I said, Dad, you'll never, you'll never believe what happened last night. <laughs> I said, I went to Crown and uh, got myself, got myself, you know, 500 bucks, you know, playing. And I think, you know, I was 18. I had never been to the casino before. So I was just playing like roulette, you know, because you don't really need to know how to play roulette to play it. Uh, Pick a number. Yeah. Just red, black, numbers, whatever. Thirds, whatever you want to do. Anyway. And he looks at me, he goes, ah, oh, that's, that's maybe one of the biggest mistakes uh, you could have made is by winning at the casino on the first time. And I said, I'll oh, shut the front door, Dad. You don't know what you're talking about. Lo and behold, uh, the next five trips there, I'd probably end up losing, oh, geez, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks a pop. Uh, and as an 18-year-old, that stings. So then I quickly realized uh, kind of what the old man was saying. Uh, I had... To, essentially i had a similar similar lesson uh, it wasn't you fun. thought that you were good at it and you were better than everybody else let me tell you this and i know from experience casinos aren't big and beautiful because they like to give away their money no they're big and beautiful because they're good at taking your money uh you're listening to dadtastic a podcast about two dads coming up more fun with two dads one's got a green card the other one's really good looking <laughs> 
Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. I'm Casey Scott. I'm Tom Hackett. You know, you might notice a little bit of delay because of COVID and Governor Herbert's mandate. Well, we're all doing the, the podcast from our homes. I'm in my, in my kitchen, uh, Tom's in his basement, and then Josh is at home running this from a control center. So uh, this is the time where we kind of bring up what's on our mind, what's going on. So Tom, what is going on with you? I learned uh, a handful of things about my wife this week, Case. Good or bad? Um, I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know if they're good. <laughs> I don't know if they're bad. I don't. Okay. I, I just I just remember learning them. Uh, and we've been look, you know, we've been now together uh, for about eight years. Uh, married for two of those, so we dated for quite some time. Uh, I feel like you know I know my my wife um, pretty well. I just I. I and this week, I was I was absolutely flabbergasted on two occasions when so uh, so for example, the first time right um, so we didn't have many trick or treaters come to the house, which was which was a real shame. Uh, but we have a ton of candy left over, mm-hmm. and so we've got all this candy, and we're trying to get rid of it. And I I think I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm just going to throw it away because you know we find ourselves kind of picking at it. Um, at least once a day, and it's just yeah, you know, the cavities are building in the in in the teeth. So, um, she doesn't like so so she she we have a lot of skittles, little baby skittle packets, and I will find uh, purple and red skittles scattered around the house in different places, and I I like the purple and the red skittle flavor. Mm-hmm. She does not, so she has she leaves me these little trails of Skittles uh, treating me like I'm some sort of, you know, human vacuum cleaner. Or and, maybe like a Hansel and Gretel type deal. She just yeah. wants you to find her. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm an animal. Real. But, um, but, uh, so, but I had no idea. I had no idea she didn't like uh, red or grape Skittle flavor. I, I think that's wrong. First of all. So that okay. was the first thing I was like, wow, I didn't know that. That's strange. The second thing was we, uh, we get, and I would highly recommend other people doing this. We get, um, takeout on Fridays. We call it takeout Fridays. And so what we try and do is we try and cook, uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, and, and Sunday we cook Sunday. Maybe we'll get takeout Saturdays, but we get takeout every Friday. It's really good. Highly recommend it. It makes it kind of, you know, it's something to look forward to. Um, anywho, we got some pizza from around the corner and she was working at the time. And I said, Hey, what would you like? What pizza would you like? Um, she goes half cheese. And then we were, we were trying to kind of stay away from the meats for a few days. And so I said, okay, how does veggie sound? And she says, great, but she was working. She's not a good multitasker. Keep that in mind. So anyway, I go get the pizza. I come back. She goes, what'd you get? I said, half cheese, half veggie. We talked about it. She goes, what are you talking about? I hate veggie pizza. And I'm like, you literally gave me the thumbs up to get a veggie pizza. You're that bad at multitasking that you didn't even realize what we were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But I had no idea she didn't like veggie pizza. We're, we're talking about a woman, Casey, that was vegetarian <laughs> for two years of her life. She was vegetarian <laughs> two years. Like now she'll eat chicken. Uh, she, re- she won't eat red meat, although she does like um, she does like bacon. So I guess she does kind of eat some red meat there, but she won't eat like a steak or a tri-tip or any of that. She was full-blown vegetarian, two years, no meat, nothing. Fish, pescatarian, I should say. She ate fish. Uh, she didn't like, she doesn't like veggie pizza. I had no idea. So 
she ate all the cheese and I ate all the veggie and I kind of wanted a slice of cheese, but I didn't get any because she doesn't like veggie. Uh, but they're the two things. Couldn't believe it. it. Within the span of a week, I learned those two. And it was, uh, it was, quite, it was quite fun. So uh, I've been spending a lot of time on the Facebook and the internet, and I always get sucked into the did you know uh, categories. And uh, so I found something out about Skittles, and uh, I'm now going to share my knowledge with you. Please. Did you know that all the Skittles taste the same? What they do is put an aroma on each of the different ones to trick your brain into thinking that it's a flavor. Really? Yeah. Well, if the internet's lying to me, but I don't think it is. It hasn't yet. Well, it never, no, the internet does not know how to lie. No, yeah. So that's what I've heard is that all Skittles taste the same. It's just they're all infected with a different aroma to trick the brain into thinking that it is a flavor. Okay, so we can't, we can't be using the word infected these days. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Injected. That, yeah, thank you. Yeah, infected is not a good word to be using, you know with the pandemic it puts people off skittles skittles are harmless we like skittles so skittles are not harmless by the way no and and you know what does, it, does she like the yellow starbursts because it seems like she likes the the bland flavors no she because, doesn't like the yellow she likes you know she likes the pink she doesn't like the red though I, i'm a fan of the red but can i quickly just add we we also have like those starburst little miniature starburst packets that have two starbursts in them and i think night go ahead go ahead no you no 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 you I'm pissed when there's two yellows. Okay, so I haven't gotten a two yellow yet, but I have gotten two oranges uh, like 85% of the time. And I think I've only gotten one, one um, pink, which is by far the best flavor, right? Can we agree there? Yeah, I'm with you. So Starbursts need to pull their head out of there, you know what? We're in right. the middle of a pandemic. And you're, you're just throwing together Duble Orange Starburst duos? Yeah, that's... That is... No, no, that is... Not only is that uncalled for case, but mm-hmm. that is uh, just really disheartening. You know, uh, have some respect for the American people and, and Halloween. I'm with you. You know what? I think this should become our cause. And if you are listening to this podcast and you stumble upon a double, as my friend Tom would say, pack of orange Starburst, take a picture and tag us in this because we're not going to stand for this atrocity. I mean, this no. is America. Tom is a green card. And this is the welcome you want to give Tom is a double orange Starburst. This is not going to work. Okay, thanks for having my back. I'm not a green card, though. I'm a green card holder, but I, I'm yeah, I not an actual green card, you silly sausage. No, I, I got you. I, I was on a roll. I'm thank, thank you oh. for not stopping, but I was just yeah, on a roll. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, quickly, the other thing I, I would love to get to before, um, before I hand it over to you is, is I've started running. What? Yeah. On purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm and and I know it's not for everybody, and so um, and and I understand that, but I I just I would love for the people out there who may be interested in beginning to to trot, uh, mm-hmm. to just just contemplate it more. Listen to me. So so I don't know why this started. I just I said I I woke up one day and I said I'm just going to go for a run. I'm just going to and and you know like if you have not ran in a long time, you cannot go for a 45 minute run. Like you no. have to go for like a 20 minute run. And I said, I'm just going to go for 20 minutes. I said, that's it. And I put on the shoes, put on my shorts, 
throw on a hoodie and off I went. And uh, I got back and I don't know, like I just felt like it worked. And my brain has actually been um, a, a much happier place. Not that it wasn't unhappy, I guess, to begin with, but you just feel refreshed. Yeah, uh, I, so- I, I understand it. I, I, there's a thing called, and I used to run a lot before I had my hip replaced. So now I'm not a very good runner. I spend a lot of time on the elliptical. I do 30 minutes a day, seven days a week if I can. Uh, so I do that. But the thing I really like about it is the runner's high. And I think that's yes. what your experience. Uh, the first mile of any run sucks. Anyone who tells you difference lying to you. It, but once you get into that rhythm, that cadence, the breathing, and everything just kind of slow down and you get up in your head, it is a beautiful beautiful thing. It really is calming. And I think what you're experiencing with your brain is that you're, you're thinking and you're enjoying what you're doing and you're doing something good for your body. So I, yeah, that, that's cool. So what's the farthest you've run so far? Uh, I think it was last night I went on a run and here's the other thing that's tricky is I've actually, you know, because I've had such a good time running, I want to run every day. Uh, I just want to like, just go, I just want to run, let's go. But my body can't handle that at the minute. Um, so I, I, I'm going like three times a week is what I'm doing, trying to do. But, but last week I did two, two times a week just because my body didn't feel, you know, it's going to take about a month for my body to adjust to the, to the pavement uh, and, and my knees. And, you know, I'm, I am 28, okay? So I do have to be a little careful now. I'm not, I'm not 21. I can't just run every day. So uh, 2.88 miles I ran last night, which I believe is the longest it is because I went 2.62 and then 1.87. So I'm yet to hit three miles, but it's, I, I run 2.88 miles um, in 30 minutes. So that's a pretty good pace. Not bad. 10 minutes and 42 second miles is kind of what I'm running, which is fine. I think I did the math. It's like uh, four hours and 40 minutes or something if I were to run a marathon at that speed, which is pretty slow. You know, it's not the quickest. My brother but, ran, ran a marathon in like three, hour, three hours and 30 minutes. Like he he's the athletic move. one, huh? He's just, he's the runner. He, he's, yeah. he just runs. So when you're running, uh, are you listening to tunes? Are you listening to podcasts? Uh, what, what, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, it just depends kind- on depends on the day, case. Like last night when I went, I was listening to music, but uh, the runs previously, I had been listening to podcasts, and um, it just depends on what you feel. But I've got so I I, I bring uh, got bubbles in the stroller in front of me. I'm pushing him. Mm-hmm. I've got the dog uh, who's on a leash. Uh, attached to the stroller as just the three of us and we're just hitting the pavement baby we're just whacking what does, the, bubbles, uh, does bubbles enjoy the ride yeah he doesn't seem to hate it you know he just he's just chilling he looks around you know what's going on then i'll smile at him he'll smile back and i think that means he's happy and uh and we just keep you know putting one step in front of the other. And I just wanted to bring it up because uh, for people out there, like, you know, there are probably got people out there that listen to this podcast that, that really don't leave their house uh, yeah. unless they go into the, the grocery store um, or they're running some sort of an emergency. I don't know, you know, but, but like that was kind of me. I, I would, I would leave the house maybe once a day to go to the grocery store, but 
you don't go to the grocery store every day or at least you don't plan on it. So there were some days I, I really wasn't going to, I wasn't leaving the house. And if I was walking the dog, maybe would be it. But um, if you're in that same boat, I would just recommend going for a very, very light jog. Just go for a jog, see what it does to you. Don't go fast, go slow, get the heart rate up, work up a bit of a sweat, uh, listen to whatever you don't listen to and just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. COVID-19 has put COVID-15 on a lot of people have packed on a little weight and this would be a good way to kind of get that in control. Uh, I'll leave you with this before I tell you uh, what I've got to tell you because it's a doozy. Um, Intermittent running. So run for a minute, walk for 30 seconds, run for a minute to get your body used to it. You know what I mean? A lot of people think, well, I can't run a mile. Well, you don't have to run the whole mile. You can just build up to it. So that's what I would say to start doing is that it's okay to run and walk while you're running. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, of course. And especially like um, if you're climbing a hill, I haven't had to do it. I always try not to walk if I don't have to. because mentally it's harder and I, I, the challenge is also part of the fun for me. Yeah. Uh, but, but there are people out there that obviously, you know, can't. So yeah, or I'm more for, I haven't committed to a marathon, but I've always said I want to run a marathon and the older I get the, the, the harder it's going to be, you know, that's not yeah. rocket science. So I haven't committed yet because I'm only like four runs in. So I'm getting a bit carried away, but I'm certainly contemplating. Do I start, do I start trying to train for a marathon? I, I don't know case, but I think you should do it. I've done two halves and I'd like to do a marathon. I'm one of these guys that say, I just want to do it once. I don't think I want to do a bunch of them, but who knows? It might become addictive and we know I have an addictive personality. Uh, so I, let me know. Keep me updated on your okay. run. Okay. Friday night. Uh, I got the kids the weekend. Uh, it's me, Frankie Bowden and Presley, uh, you know, we're sitting down on the couch. We're watching TV. We're just having a good time. Everybody's watching TV, looking at their phones. Bowden's playing Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there comes a lull in the evening. The movie we were just watching was over. So I figure I'm going to pick something. You know, it's going to kind of get us energized, a little scared maybe. And I see something and it says Open Water. Do you know about this show? Uh uh-uh. uh. Open Water is, it's kind of a a mockumentary uh, found footage of people who go on this trip. I can't really tell you how it ends because uh, I put it on my oldest Presley goes, yeah, I've heard about this. Let's watch this. I'm like, okay, cool. So I put it on, uh, you know, the beginning credits, this lovely couple are getting ready to go to Mexico or somewhere to go on a dive, uh, you know, where sharks are and stuff. And I'm thinking, Ooh, this is going to be kind of fun. Uh, you know, like a jaws for the new generation. But I'm sitting on the couch, Bowden's on the other couch, and Frankie, and they're just talking and playing, and Presley's laying down. I'm looking at my phone, and all of a sudden, I hear this, <gasps> and I go, uh-oh, this is not good. And so I look up from my phone, and I look at the TV, and guess what's on the TV? Um, I'll just tell you. It was a boob. It was I, a I, I was going to say, I was going to say boobs. It was a naked boob. And... uh then I fumbled to the remote and I couldn't change it fast enough. Uh, all we saw was a boob, but it was a boob. It was a naked boob. And uh, my nine-year-old son goes, whoa, dad. And I was like, yeah, son, sorry about that. Um, and then that turned into the conversation of kind of like uh, meet the Fockers. Uh, you know, everybody's got boobs, son. Everybody's got a nipple. Uh, <laughs> hey, do you think that um, in – the world, the world we live in, people are, people are too um, sensitive, sensitive yeah. to like uh, nudity. Like, 
like, like, because if you really think about it, like, like, I just, what's the big deal? It's a boob. When you grow yeah, up, no, no, you get yeah, boobs. Yeah, no, I. You also I mean, grow I, hair in places, like. It, no, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, like I get it, but I, like automatically in my mind is like I'm now gonna have to be on a half hour conversation with my ex wife of why I'm showing my son boobs, and I'm like I didn't show it to him, I didn't know, I didn't know there was gonna be a boob, and you know then and and so far I haven't got the phone call, and luckily she doesn't listen to this podcast, so I think I'm pretty good, but I'm just waiting for it, and 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 I'll tell you when it happens. I think people are sensitive, and I think there needs to be uh, more mature conversation about what's going on, yeah. you know, uh, but you know, with the, the internet and all that stuff, I mean, it's just, I just wasn't prepared to have this conversation yet. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Look, I, I think when it comes He's in out third of left, grade. Yeah. You know? Look, I, I think when it comes out of left field, it's uh, there is some sort of surprising element that throws you off. Uh, so I don't blame you for kind of fumbling the remote a few times before clicking the up channel, but um but yeah, I've always found that interesting because like uh, everybody has like a, a different uh, parenting t- tactic or, you know, method. Uh, like you're like Kate's auntie. She lives in Norway um, and it's very different over there. You know, like, and even in Australia, it's, it's quite different. Like, um, like there's, there's just a lot more nudity, I guess. Here in the States, people are very uh, protective of uh, their private parts. Which yeah, is- I mean. I would say people would say prudish, but I mean, you get outside of America, uh, a lot of beaches, you know, topless, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you, you, you go to France and, and a lot of the commercials and the, and the local TV will, will show, you know, that I remember, you know, 15 years ago when what's his name, he showed his butt on NYPD uh blue or something like that and that captivated the headlines for months and that was just a dude's butt. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not saying that, that you know America's ready to have a boob on 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 national programming, uh, but I just it it just it, it just took me out of left field. You said I was like, oh man, you know, I I would like to have you sat down and, and talked about it. You know, the yeah, beautiful, yeah, no, and I it's get not to make fun of and, and all this that. stuff, but I wasn't ready to do it now. You know, so you had, did you have all the kids there? All the kids there. Oh. Every one of them was there. You know what I mean? And, you know, in my head, it's like, you know, the kids are going to go home and go, dad's showing us movies with boobs in it. And that's not the case. That's not the case. Now, I do, uh, you know, I'm not as, as strict as my ex-wife. You know what I mean? We watch, you know, if I watch a PG-13 movie and I think it's appropriate and okay for my son to watch, I'll let him watch it. Right. You know, but I usually watch it first, you know, yeah, and, and, and do that. And so I try to have a conversation with them. So I, I'm just waiting because I don't have them right now because they're with their mom. But I'm going to go, I think we should probably talk about the boo bud, you know, or do I just do I not? You know what I mean? I, I don't know what to do. I, you know what I mean? Because I want to go like, hey, look, I know you saw the boob. And it was kind of, I was, my response wasn't probably the best. Because I would, ah, you know, fumble for the remote. He's closing his eyes. And he's like, I never want to see anyone's boob again. And I was like, well, that's not going to be the case, son. I'm, I'm telling you. you Give know? it a couple of years. <laughs> you know, I, okay. I, I, it's like when my, my, my middle child 
I go, you're going to grow up and you're not going to be my sweet little girl. And she goes, dad, I promise you, I will never get my period. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you can't stop it. <laughs> I wish, you, you can't. I, I love where your head is at. And, and I think that's great that you love your dad and you always want to be his little girl and you always will, but there's just some things that you can't stop. Oh, that's funny. You know, hey, just, so, um, are you playing golf today? Yeah, yeah, I am. But it's for oh. work. It's it, it's taking clients out, you know. Uh, um, that, yeah, that. by playing in the money game up at the Ogden Golf and Country Club. No, this isn't the money game. This is uh, this is just clients, you know. Uh, you know, for people who need title insurance. Yeah, um, well, yeah. good for you, man. I'm look, I'm 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 happy for you. It, it does does Ogden close its golf course at some point? Yeah, it'll be closed December first uh, through February first. So about two months. Yeah. And then they yeah. open it at the start of February. Yeah. So hopefully you can. Uh, I am working. Uh, um, I called my friends up at Snow Basin. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, figure out some ways to get some passes to go up there and do some skiing uh, because I really love skiing. So I think that's what I'm going to monopolize my time with from uh, December through February is take the kids up there. and That'll be ski. fun. Yeah. I, I mean, we love skiing. Yeah. We should um... – we should think about getting somebody on here that could talk to us about teaching kids to ski. Well, I, I know people who can do it, and, uh, we'll, and we'll, we'll get them on. Also, uh, coming up in a couple weeks, uh, we've got somebody coming on the podcast to kind of talk to your kids, not about boobs, but about uh, substance abuse and how mm. to have an open conversation with them. Are you, uh, are you talking about uh, the, the uh, other podcast, Project Recovery? No, so use only as directed, uh, dot org. Uh, oh, that's right. They're going to come on and talk about their new campaign is know your script. And what they mean by that is know the script when you're talking to the doctor about what you can and cannot do or should do and when to talk to your kids. Because what the really preventative is, is what we want to go with is before it becomes a problem. So letting mm-hmm. people know that these things are out there. And uh, so I think it's an important because I, I haven't sat down and talked to my kids about drugs. I mean, I've just said hugs, not drugs, up with the hope, down with the dope, you know. But I mean, to really sit down and go, I think my example of what I've been through it's probably been the biggest lesson for them, but I think it's still important to be able to sit down and when's a good age to kind of talk to them, you know? And so that's mm. what we're going to be doing. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun. But, um, Hey, you've got a tea time. You got to get to old man. I, I got to get out. I love you guys. I mean it. You're listening to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. Welcome to the country, Tom. Don't forget. Dadtastic is a KSL podcast. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.